Hello and welcome to another episode of How To with the Communications Clinic. Throughout the series so far, we've discussed how to be a better communicator. And today we're going to look at a time when our communication needs to be at its best in the job interview. Fiona Tierney is a member of the Top Level Appointments Committee and was previously CEO of the Public Appointments Service. I'm delighted that she joins me to discuss how to prepare for a job interview. Fiona, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and, you know, as CEO of the Public Appointment Service for six years, you have sat on the other side of the table for many interviews. So we're, we're very eager to talk to you about how to prepare for a senior level interview. So let's take a, a scenario, Fiona. So you're a week out from a high level interview and it's the job you've been working towards for your entire career. What do you do to prepare for that interview? I suppose the first thing that you do is congratulate yourself. Um, it's actually a big achievement to get called for an interview because I suppose in my experience for senior level jobs, probably less than 20% of the applicants will actually manage to get called for an interview. So in my way of thinking, practice and preparation are the keys for success. So once you know that you've actually secured an interview, there are two ways of looking at it. First first is really about the hygiene factors, and you'd be really amazed how many people let themselves down in this regard. So be careful. Confirm the date, confirm the time, confirm the place where the interview is held. Is it going to be online? you know, given the current environment, or are you going to attend in person? And take away as much of the stress that you'll feel on the day as possible well in advance. So check out where the location is. You know, if you're going to somewhere that you haven't been in before, take a drive over there, work out which door is actually the reception door in that particular building. What floor will the interview be on? Check it all out, plan your journey, have the contact number for the person that you're meeting when you get there, just in case anything happens on the way and you get held up or whatever. Have a well-charged mobile phone uh, with you on the day. So remember your phone and bring it with you. Know the name of your contact, read the instructions that you're given and follow them. You'd be amazed how many people don't. And and th- those things sound so simple, but, you know, to overlook any of those can really add stress to your day, obviously. And let yourself down then on the day when you've put so much of the preparation into presenting yourself as the product that this company wants to buy. You really want to be in your best form on the day. So some preparation on what I call the hygiene factors in advance are really important. And things like work out well in advance what it is you're going to wear and, you know, how are you best going to present yourself on the day? I'd also say don't overload yourself with bags and baggage. You, you know, if you're going to an interview on your way to something else, don't drag in everything that you have with you for the day into the interview room. You know, go prepared with the right external presentation of yourself on the day and only carry the essentials that you need. And make sure also that your phone is in silent mode when you go into an interview. And the one other thing that I would say is to try to um, practice some techniques in the week beforehand, just about presenting yourself, do your breathing exercises, do those mirror techniques, you know, that people have for pumping themselves up and giving themselves self-confidence and practice the breathing so that you stay calm on the day and that you give yourself the best chance of not being, you know, dry mouthed or overly nervous when you actually get into the room to present yourself to, to the interview panel. And let's talk then about, Fiona, what it is that you want to say. How do you prepare for the content you're going to present at the interview? 
that's really the key part of the present, the preparation. So the first thing would be to sit down and read what the job description says. Go through it forensically and look out for what is it the company is actually telling you that they are seeking to hire. So also look through what you've already told them about yourself. How much do they know about you from what you've sent through on your CV? So you need to know your CV and you need to know what you've said in the letter of application um, for that job. Because quite often people are applying for five and six roles at the same time with a little different slant on how they're presenting themselves. Write out what are your key skills, your key strengths and your key experiences and then practice telling stories about them. Practice in front of a mirror, practice talking to a friend, sit down and consider your own unique selling points. So what makes you stand out from the crowd, so to speak? Is it your technical knowledge? Is it your specialist expertise? And when you go into the interview, it's your chance to convince the interview panel that you are singularly the best person for that job and that you'll fit. Okay. And when you say practice aloud, how important is that art of verbalizing these answers? To my mind, it's invaluable because you need to have a structured thought process about how you're actually selling yourself on the day and the, the time to prepare that you know, product presentation of yourself is the week before the interview. And getting the words you know, to flow freely around how you want to present yourself will only come through practice. So I think, and I have found myself, it's, it sounds really silly, but if you just sit down and say it out loud to yourself in a mirror and then speak with a friend or run through, you know, a mock interview with somebody. Something else strikes me, Louise, it's really important and that people let themselves down on big time when it comes to interviews, it's their actual lack of knowledge of the company that they're applying for the job with. You'd be amazed how people sort of display ignorance when they're asked some very basic questions about the firm that they're seeking to work for or the department that they want to go, you know, go for promotion in or whatever it might be. So there's a lot of information available publicly, either annual reports or websites or, you know, the corporate part of a website will actually give you a lot of information about that company, what the organization structure looks like, what its strategy is, who its competitors are. Have all that sort of researched so that you can fluently speak about the challenges the company is facing and how best you can position yourself in the interview to address those kinds of challenges. Okay, and let's talk then about some of the key questions or rather the key question styles to prepare for. What could come up then in a senior level interview? A very good interview panel will be asking you questions that will allow you to uh, present yourself in the best possible way. So you want to come across with answers that are clear and compelling and easy to understand. So that trick question at the beginning was not really a trick, but it's the standard that says, you know, well, now, Fiona, tell us a bit about yourself and why you think you'd be a good fit for this job. That's not the time to go back to, you know, when you left secondary school and, and where you traveled when you were on your travels around the world. The interview panel is looking for a really concise, less than three minute presentation that you should have prepared already in your head um, about why you are the best person for that job demonstrated through the experiences that you've had in the more recent past. So don't ramble. And be sure to bring through the key highlights of your career, focusing on the experiences that make you the real contender for the job. 
in sales speak, it's really like an opening pitch. So you're picking those relevant highlights that, that are most applicable to the job you're going for. If you have a career that has spanned 30 years, how do you how do you condense that into three minutes? Pick out the key things, the thematic, the, you know, the thematic uh, lines that run through your career to date. If you've been a really successful operations manager in three different companies, you don't need to give the detail of each role. What you need to say is when I worked in company X and why I succeeded in streamlining their operations and delivering X percent increase to the bottom line, you know, that sort of okay. uh, approach. So metrics are important if possible. Metrics are really important and good interviewers will ask you what we call behavioural style questions, where they'll give you a chance to talk about examples of what you've done in the past. Questions like describe a time or give me an example of or have you ever, you know, those kind of questions that start with those kind of uh, clauses. And there's a very useful and well-known technique called STAR that helps you to structure your answers and that you can prepare in advance based on the kinds of competencies that you know are going are being used to underpin this job so star relates to the situation that you were in the task that you were responsible for doing what action you took and what was the result and it's a really good way to think through you know something happened what was I supposed to do to fix it what did I actually do to fix it and what what was the result how did it come out at the end of the day so be ready for those kinds of questions and the sort of question also that says well tell us where you plan to see yourself in five years time you know those broad sort of Mm -hmm. questions they the answer to that needs to be closely aligned with where you think that company wants to be in five years time if you actually want to be part of the team what about the competency-based questions then Uh, a key part of most interviews how does one prepare for those again it's about storytelling if you read through the job description as part of your preparation you'll you'll see because the words will come out they will talk about that you need judgment or decision making or problem solving or leadership and you need to have examples for each one of those competency areas that you can draw on from your career I would say you probably should have two examples or three well prepared for each of the competency areas that you can find set out in the job description or that you burrow out of the job description. So you need examples of where you've proven to be a good leader, where teams have decided to follow you, what your leadership style is like, how different styles work in different situations. And you tell it by way of a story. And the basis for that story should be that star technique that I mentioned earlier. Often candidates might find it hard to identify examples in what they see as their normal day to day. So so the the mundanity of of their daily tasks. How do you find examples in in the mundane? It's really interesting. I was speaking to a friend of mine last week who's actually applying for a senior level job. And he was telling me his son had read through his application and uh, he was looking for a leadership example. And his son was able to say to him, but dad, you've been leading the scout troop out here for 20 years and you never even mentioned it in your application. So some of the things that we see as just being part of our day-to-day life, you know, they're, they're sort of exemplary in terms of bringing through your leadership skills. So just sit again, if you can't think of the answer yourself, ask some people who are close to you. How could I come up with a good situation in which I could describe my decision making or my leadership Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be and it can be from your family life it can be from community contributions it can be from anywhere once it's authentic and that you feel comfortable speaking about it.
I would imagine, though, Fiona, that somebody applying for a senior level position would strive to bring in the professional examples as they might see those those examples from their their extracurricular life as as not applicable. Is it okay to, to, to bring them in? I think really, Louise, the key thing is to present yourself as being uh, as professional as you can. Try to be relaxed in your answering. And if you need to draw on something from your extracurricular life, so to speak, do it. But, you know, mostly I'd expect that you'd be answering based on stories from the workplace or your professional career to date. And how much detail then do you give in the example that you select? If you keep the team to, you know, what was the situation? What were what was the action that I needed to take? What was the task we were doing? What was the result? Stay focused. So again, not big, long rambling answers and be very familiar with what the interview panel is looking for from the job description, from the competencies, competencies and try to sort of zing those whack them on the head, so to speak, with your answers, replay the words back in terms of the story you tell of your experience that makes you the best candidate for this particular position. And and telling the detail is one thing, but how do you make that story engaging and compelling and memorable, more importantly? I think the first thing about an engaging answer is that it should be relevant and that it shouldn't sound like that it's been practiced and rehearsed. So listen to the question that you're asked and answer the question that you're asked. You can be expansive, but you still need to be focused. And I think you can be engaging by the use of body language. You know, how you engage the interview panel, how you look, do you smile? How how are you using your hands? You don't want to be flailing your arms around about the place, but it's actually perfectly permissible, you know, to use your hands to express emotion or whatever it might be. And that's another area where you can actually practice. You can video yourself, you know, in advance and make sure that you're presenting yourself in the way that um, you want to in terms of a professional presentation of you as the product. In most industries, our our approach to work is, is very collaborative. How do you draw your own particular interactions out without um, overseeing the work of the team that you worked with? It's really interesting and quite challenging to do that. So collaboration and teamwork are key to delivery for anybody. We all have to work together to make things happen. And the more senior you get in organisations, the more you're relying on other people to do things for you. So the examples and stories that you tell need to relate to how well you worked together and how you encouraged people to go that extra mile what you did to demonstrate your leadership or commitment, um, how you communicated, what the key deliverables are. They're all the key themes that I would be looking for in an answer from a candidate for a senior level role. Now, a lot of candidates who are interviewing, and in fact, most candidates now interviewing are doing so remotely. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody who is remotely interviewing? It is a really different world, isn't it? And remote interviewing has become the order of the day. And I think will continue into the future because it's, you know, much more efficient from many perspectives, particularly in the early stages of a recruitment process. If you can screen through candidates remotely, that's just great. So what I would say from the interview panel's point of view is that you need to be very coordinated. You need to know, um, you know, how many minutes you have each for questioning in each competency area, etc. The chair needs to be quite clear in communicating with both the interview board members and the candidate, you know, who's coming in next. Um, the big 
downside, I think, for the interview board of remote interviewing is you don't pick up on those nonverbal cues that you can have when you're all in a room together and you can actually, you know, get the sense of an individual's personality, what drives them, what motivates them, what their energy levels um, come across like in an interview. And they're the pointers I would give to the candidate. So you're almost having to compensate for the fact that you're not in the personal presence of the interview panel. You need to be very clear. You need to have set yourself up in a way that the surroundings aren't distracting for the interview panel. So, you know, sitting with uh, sitting well positioned with your camera lens, you know, just at head height with no distractions going on in the background, whether it's people moving backwards and forwards or, you know, particular posters or anything that might cause a distraction to the board, you should try to avoid. And then that gives them the best possible opportunity to concentrate and listen to what you're saying in terms of responding. One of the things I've had to learn about um, remote interviewing is that piece about keeping your eye on the camera and not on the person on the screen who's talking to you and to try to ensure that you're not looking around or distracted when the postman comes to your door, whatever it might be. So it takes a lot of concentration from both the interview panel and from the candidate to get through the process. And I must say, from my own perspective, I've sat on both sides of the table in remote interviewing and it's very demanding. But it comes down to what I was talking about earlier. Preparation and presentation and practice will get you through it. Okay, let's go to the other side of the table then, Fiona, and tell me what you're looking for as a panel. What is your mindset when you're sitting on a panel? Any panel that I've ever been involved in is looking for an opportunity for the candidate to present themselves in the best possible way. So the panel needs to be relaxed. The panel needs to be clear who's dealing with what competency area, what's the running order, how long do they have for each person to ask their questions. What's the scoring key they're using in terms of assessing candidates against the job description and the competency profile? All that needs to be worked out by the panel in advance. A strong chair is important in that regard, who will actually give each panel member a fair you know, shot at asking the various questions and then to go around the table and hear every individual's assessment on all of the competency areas is really important at the end. So leaving time for panel discussion between candidates if you're seeing more than one person on a day. During the interview then, Fiona, it's important that it's structured as you've just outlined, but do you allow for any flexibility to go with the conversation and to take it in a direction that the interviewee might go? Absolutely, because, you know, sometimes it's when you let those conversations go in the direction that the interview is ta- interviewee is taking you in, that you actually expose, they expose themselves to, you know, areas of potential developmental need or a lack of fit for the job or whatever it might be. So if there's a thread that somebody gives you and you want to follow that thread in terms of deciding whether they're a good fit for the job or not, you, ha- you should have the scope to just go with that, particularly in more senior level roles, you need it to be fairly free flowing uh, in terms of how the conversation runs. In the interview then, Fiona, if I haven't performed well in one competency, can I reset? Of course you can. If you're 
if you stay calm, you can use other answers later. You know, you can tie competencies don't just stand alone in single boxes. You know, you can't really divorce your leadership style from your decision making and you can't really divorce your judgment from your problem solving. So don't be afraid to Again, be expansive in answering the question. Use a different story from the one that you used when answering what you might consider to have been your poorer competency area, but bring through elements of that competency, the behaviours related to that competency in your answer on something else. Fiona, as an interviewer, do you tend to assist the interviewee? Do you want to bring the best out of them? Do you want to help them to bring the best out of themselves? I do absolutely personally and perhaps sometimes too much. (laughs) But so I do think most interviewers are trained to help the candidate uh, do the very best that they can on the day. Nobody wants to see a candidate melt down. It's a very, very difficult situation. And we all want to give the candidate time to compose themselves at the start of an interview and not just to go, you know, gung-ho into the 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 detail of the, the the job straight away let somebody settle in so I think really professional interviewing is there to help people do their very best on the day and that's the way we all behave in the room of course and and interviewing and the hiring process in general is very daunting for a job candidate um, and we mentioned nerves previously and they can very often impede performance how hard is it to see past the nerves and to see the quality of, of the person sitting in front of you? I think all of us will have nerves when we're doing an interview. It You wouldn't be human. And, you know, nervousness is something that actually helps us to perform really well if channeled in the right direction. So it is a case of the person um, channeling their nerves into action. And if you've practiced in advance and you've prepared yourself well that adrenaline rush that you get with nerves will actually help you perform very well at the interview are there any cliched answers that you don't want to see working their way into the interview fiona listen they come up all the time <laughs> and like i mentioned earlier louise what you don't want is to come across as having been over rehearsed or over prepared even though i've said so often preparation is so important try to stay away from the clichés and i always say to interview boards as well try to stay away from the clichéd questions you know be relaxed go with the flow of the interview um if you you know you sound really stuck with some of those kinds of questions you know where do you see yourself in 5 years time is you know not really a very good question for somebody who's coming into the last 5 years of their career potentially at a very senior level in an yeah. organization so um yeah avoiding clichés if possible at all times well so you mentioned there you know the the downfall of sounding over prepared and over rehearsed but yet there is that in, there, there is such a, a significance to rehearsing properly it's a thin line how do you how do you toe that line i think myself it's by putting the preparation in early not leaving it to the last sort of 48 hours if you get a good picture of the job in your head, you know, a week in advance, starts crafting the various different examples you have for the competency areas that I mentioned, and then let it sit in your head for the 24 or 48 hours before the interview, you'll come across as much more authentic in your answering than if you've been sitting down the night before rehearsing particular lines that you want to deliver.
And Fiona, as we mentioned at the beginning, you're a, a member of the Top Level Appointments Committee. So is there any insight you could give us into what that is and what they look for? Well, the Top Level Appointments Committee is a standing interview board, really, that exists in order to recommend candidates to ministers or to government for the top jobs in the civil service. So that would be jobs at um, secretary general level or at assistant secretary level. And government has a policy of open recruitment for those kinds of jobs. So they're all advertised, you know, openly in, in the paper and online. And, you know, if you've quali- if you've got the right qualifications, obviously you can apply. And then you go through the whole selection process. And the TLAC, as it's called, has 13 members, seven independent external people and six secretaries general. And from that group of 13, um, the chair is Connor Brady, formerly the editor of the Irish Times, um, and then two sec gens, as they call them, and two external people will sit. You know, so it's an interview panel of five for the final round of interviews for those top jobs in the civil service. And they then make recommendations to to government or to ministers for appointment. So when you're looking to recruit uh, Fiona, what, what exactly is it that you're looking for? So the, the whole process of recruitment in the civil and public service is done um, on the basis of merit. So what we're looking for are the best possible candidates to fit the job. So it's a very open, transparent recruitment process. What's required for the job will be set out in the job description. The competency profile, if you remember, we were talking earlier about how you do competency-based interviewing. The competency profile is also published and it's very easy for any potential applicant to see what's required for a particular role. And that's precisely what the interview panel will be looking for and what the top level appointments committee will be looking for. Okay, so Fiona, let's go back to that individual who has worked their whole career towards the job that they are about to interview for. If you could give them one key piece of advice, what would that be? Be confident. You wouldn't be in the room. They wouldn't be talking to you if they didn't think that you were potentially a really good fit for that job. So take the opportunity to go in there and give it your all. Leave nothing on the table. Make sure you sell yourself. And in particular, I would say this to female colleagues, don't be shy about talking about your successes. Just, you know, talk out and practice. We're not very good at praising ourselves. So think through the experiences that you're most proud of, the achievements that you really feel are key to what's taken you to where you are today. And don't be afraid to talk about them when you get the opportunity at the interview. It's not the day to be shy humility can be the great detractor from our performances you put that so well louise precisely (laughs) fiona thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it was a real pleasure thank you thanks to fiona for joining us and thanks to you for listening we'll be back with another how to very soon